Hello, everyone. Welcome back to HR Works Podcast, 5-Minute Fridays. I'm your host, Jim Davis, and the editor of the HR Daily Advisor. Um, as we all know, mental health was a serious issue even before the pandemic in the United States, and the effects of the pandemic on mental health have really only begun to be felt. Some attribute at least part of the great resignation to mental health challenges, and that's just a tiny part of sort of the overall impact these concerns will have um, on the workplace. Today, we're going to talk about the idea of change fatigue, what it is, what role it plays in regard to mental health. I'm pleased to have with us today Brenda Smith. She's the Workplace Possibilities Director at The Standard. Brenda, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're more than welcome, Jim. It's so great to connect with you again. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, Let's get started with what is change fatigue and what does it look like? Yeah, change fatigue is uh, the technical term refers to something that happens within an organization. So if you think about a project that needs to to happen or any kind of change and changes are happening, too many changes over a short period of time. And this just causes a lot of negative, uh, can cause a lot of negative things in the workplace. And so when we think about, though, like you just mentioned, all the challenges we've had with the pandemic and this protracted nature of it right now, it's not just about the change fatigue that's happening inside an organization, which is kind of the traditional definition of it. It's really all change. We've all experienced so much in the last 18 months. And so when I think about change fatigue in this in this conversation here, I'm thinking about it pretty broadly. And I'm also going to intermix the term burnout <laughs> because it kind of shows up the same way. So that's the that's the brief brief answer to your question. Yeah, it's um, there certainly has been a lot of change. It's one of those things where it's like, Everything changes, and then you just hurry up and wait for a while, and then everything changes again. And uh, especially in the beginning, when we all came home for the first time, because back then it seemed like maybe this could end sometime mm-hmm. soonish. Yep. You know, was it, it was going to be a couple of weeks that we had to come home, maybe a month, and then that goalpost just kept moving forward and changing. It's kind of yeah. like waiting for a waiting for a flight to come in that keeps getting delayed one hour at a time. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to talk about it. Yeah. And, and it's just, like I said, it's this protracted nature of it. We keep thinking it's going to end and we know change is a part of life, right? So we know it's going to happen, but the amount of change and the period of time that we're talking about, yeah, it's come and gone, but there's just been a lot of it. Absolutely. So what does that look like uh, from the employer perspective? What, what should they be looking at? If they do detect it, what should they do? So I'll start with, I went out to actually Mayo Clinic and looked up the official definition of what this looks like, what the symptoms are. And so I'm going to give you some examples and and then we can talk through a little bit. But, you know, really it's it's about disengagement from work. So uh, if you have an employee who is who's typically very participating, you know, participates a lot during meetings, usually engaged, wants to solve problems and involved, all of a sudden they stop being engaged. They stop having those conversations, start stop showing up really that could be a huge, huge sign of, of fatigue. Emotional exhaustion, another one. There's a lot going on in terms of not just in the workplace, but outside the workplace right now. So them talking about, have, you know, be feeling drained and having minimal energy, being tired, that, that's, that's what it could show up as. Um, maybe someone who's been a really great employee and all of a sudden is struggling to meet their da- daily work requirements out of the blue. You know, that's, that's definitely something to kind of think about, like what's happening here. And, and it can show up to physical symptoms like headaches and stomach aches and things like that. So it, it shows up differently, but uh, for different people. But overall, it's, it's, it's things that can really impact their productivity and engagement in the workplace. So obviously, we just have to, you know, admonish these employees and maybe fire them, right? <laughs> we'll see how far that gets you. <laughs> how do we handle this? And are, are employers yeah. in a position 
to do so? I think employers absolutely are in a position to do so. And one of the things I really want to focus on in this conversation here is the importance of the people manager. You know, they're, they're really at the forefront of working with this workplace that's really struggling right now. You know, you mentioned the mental health uh, situation going on. We've, we've got this fatigue and burnout. And, and, and when we think about that, it's, it's, easy, it's easier. Maybe your mind leaps to that frontline employee, right? But managers are just as susceptible. And yet they are sort of this, this, they're wedged in the middle between this front, frontline folks and, and getting the work done that needs to happen. But they absolutely are critical to, to this to the like this puzzle piece to, to think about because they are we know studies have shown over and over again that they are directly linked to an employee's engagement uh, in a positive or negative way as you pointed out um, and also people who are supported by their manager are are less likely to feel burnout um, on a regular basis so really that manager and employee relationship is, is really critical and um, I think employers right now need to not lose sight of the fact in those that's that special kind of spot that managers are, managers are in right now and how much support they may need. And it may be different than what employees need. So that's one one tactic to think about it for sure is how are we supporting people managers because they are going to have the most impact on the situation than anyone in that in, on your team. Every time I hear something resting on the sort of the backbone of managers, I get very concerned. Um, it's pretty well known that managers are the sort of the last people that receive training when they first start their <laughs> job uh, as far as how to like deal with people and the soft skills. And lots of people get promoted that don't have soft skills because that's not why they got promoted. So uh, that's kind of a tall order, isn't it? How How are HR professionals going to tackle getting managers in a place so that they can better support their struggling employees. Yeah, I think, you know, just to add to your descriptor of the situation, you know, many managers have been hired because they're really good about getting work done, you know. They're, they can cross off, cross lists off and they can they can, you know, motivate people to meet goals and that kind of thing. But with this pandemic and especially the situation with our American workforce here, they've had to really flex muscles they've never flexed before in some ways. And so I think there's some things managers can do for themselves to really help out with the situation and employers as well. So if you think about things like um, the fact that empathy, listening, these are things that can improve. These are traits that are very important right now. And this is work, you know, turning your mind to things around supporting your employees and being more, um, if you will, emotionally available for them. It, it is a new skill and it can be learned just like anything else. So as you're an employer and you're looking at the situation, um, be thinking about that too. Like this is not a, a, a dire situation where all managers are going to you know, be challenged, but, but they certainly could use help. So training is one aspect for sure. And we, we, could, we should look at that, um, but also just making sure you're, you're supporting your managers in, in their own journey in this pandemic situation. Do they need time? Do they need breaks? Do they need, could you create manager cohort groups? Because I can guarantee you that if one manager is feeling the pain, so is another one. So helping them to realize the power of their peer network, to create systems for that to happen, and to encourage that their managers are actually talking with their employees on a regular basis sounds pretty simple. But, but you can't understand what change is happening in your team unless you're really connected with them and there's trust. So those are all really big topics, but I think those are the things employers can think about. 
it, it is a very difficult thing for someone that hasn't dealt with, say, empathy uh, at a professional scale, or maybe their mentor wasn't empathetic, or maybe they have, have had hardline bosses before, to make that shift. And one of the things I'm always curious about is, as someone like a manager is learning, do they stand in a position to do a bunch of harm as they attempt to grapple with these new concepts or or is it a gentler a gentler kind of thing like people will not like employees will acknowledge that they're at least trying and maybe uh give them a little bit of a break i you know i've been a manager for many years and when i say many years i would say almost 20 years <laughs> and you know everyone has a different management style so take that with a grain of salt this isn't for everyone but i would say for the most part what i do is i own my own development with my team so if I'm working on something and I'm going to say to them, hey, you know, I really want to do a better job at X, whatever X is. And so I'm going to be trying and I would appreciate your support in that. And I want your feedback, too, to see how I'm doing. So that might sound like in this situation, hey, I want to understand more and be a better listener when it comes to what's going on, not just with work, but what's, what's going on with you. So I'm going to be doing some different things in one on ones. Um, be ready for that. And I welcome your feedback about how I'm doing on that. I think that's a really healthy way to also show some vulnerability, <laughs> which managers and people leaders can, can be challenged with. But I think that's a really good way to just say, I'm trying something new. Support me in that. I will support you. Let's work this out together. And I think that together is how we're going to get through this whole situation anyway. But I would recommend you know, taking an approach like that is, is pretty successful. That's great advice. Uh, vulnerability, I mean, it almost always works out. Uh, if you can open up a little bit, you know, you'll find that most of the time someone doesn't run along and punch you in the stomach. Um, <laughs> although it, that does happen from time to time. So you also have to be, you have to be resilient <laughs> too. Yes. Um, part of, as I think about these things, the mental health challenges in particular, broadly speaking, you know, the total number of people that have experienced trauma uh, to one degree or another since the pandemic began. Stacking on top of all the traumas and, and mental health challenges that existed already, to me, it seems like maybe it's slightly impossible and that we're going to all end this thing in a uh, sort of a train wreck or maybe like a structure fire, you know, metaphorically. So how do you think about that? And hopefully your answer is slightly, <laughs> slightly more positive than mine. Are we going to get out of this thing? I, I think so. I, I, I feel like so. So here's where, where my brain went right when you asked that question around, you know, when the pandemic first hit, there were studies done around employee engagement. And actually, it went up. It went up because employees felt supported by their employers. You know, they felt like they were listened to and they were heard. And so you know, I think that's something that employers can think about too. Like what's worked for you in the past? You've gotten through this part already. We're just continuing. And so uh, an example I would give is that in our case with our, with our C-suite executives, during the pandemic, they initiated videos, uh, just little snippets that they shared with us because we were all working remotely at that point. And it was very well received because it did feel like you were having a personal message from someone you hardly ever get to see except in big meetings or other settings where it's this formal business speak. And so to have them you know, come out and be supportive and understanding and, and um, give their own personal take on things was really powerful. So that worked well. And guess what? That's continued all the way through here. So I think that HR employers know know what works. Uh, if they don't, 
ask, you know, how are things going? I, I think the way that we're going to get through this is to is together to have open dialogue uh, and, and, and be real honest about how things are going. If you're struggling, you're struggling. Make talking about struggling. OK, <laughs> and, and get your get get everyone through it that way. So do you believe that we can emerge from this experience stronger and better? I think so. I think that uh, the pandemic is, is a really interesting piece in terms of employee employee thoughts around work, I think have changed a lot. I think there's been a lot of soul searching that's happened with employees and employers around what's most important. And I do feel like, you know, striking that balance between getting work done while also understanding uh, the day-to-day struggles, if you will, of, a, of the American workforce right now, that that's the real critical piece. Working together, I, I do think we can get through it. We just have to be really good at the give and take and that paradox of, of the business happening, needing to get work done and taking care of the employees that make it happen. Well said and very positive. I appreciate that. So not a structure fire. Not a structure fire. It's right now it's a slow burn. Slow burn. <laughs> slow burn. Those we can deal with, we can deal with. Thank you very much, Brenda, for taking the time. It was a, it was a pleasure. It was my pleasure as well. Thanks so much, Jim. Absolutely. Remember, listeners, you can always follow us on Twitter at HRWorks Podcast. We're also available on Spotify and Audible and everywhere else that podcasts live. Uh, We're also now releasing regular content on our YouTube channel. You can find a link to that in the description. It includes some podcast episodes as well as new videos and other kinds of content. And uh, I hope, thank you all for listening. I hope you have a, a great day.